Welcome to week 38 of All the Balls. Not on Facebook Live this week, but we're still here. We're still alive. We're on FaceTime. We got Jake Platter. We got Connor Howe. Justin Miller. Week 38, All the Balls in the middle of game three of the Bruins game. 2-2 right now. Seven minutes to go in the third period. A busy night of sports. NBA got some basketball games going on. The NHL got some games going on. The Red Sox are kicking ass right now against the Toronto Blue Jays. Connor, Jake, how the hell are you guys doing tonight? Doing fantastic. I'm very excited for the NBA playoffs. This is a great time, man. I can't decide, dude. Um, you got the Islanders in the playoffs. It's the 1-1. You got the Knicks starting off against the Hawks. Real excited for what the sports has in the store for us. Yeah, definitely. Talking about a ton of sports going on right now. Like I said, the Bruins are in the middle of another crazy game. 2-2. All three games have gone to overtime. Well, I don't want to speak too soon, but it looks like this game's heading to overtime as well. The playing game's going on right now. The Grizzlies-Spurs. So to start the show off here tonight, Jake is back because he was at the Celtics game last week. I'll be at the Bruins game on Friday night. NHL playoffs are underway. There's a lot of good series going on right now. Any early thoughts, Jake? We didn't get to talk to you last week. Do you have any... You have a Stanley Cup prediction, or are you just kind of going with the flow here? I'm definitely just going with the flow. Um, but I do have some thoughts on what I've seen so far from the Bruins. Um, I think it's very interesting that going into this series, the Bruins were the favorite, but it really looks like the, the Capitals have been dominating the pace here and really setting the tone as far as this series has gone. Um I think the only way to fix that is for the Bruins to come out harder. It yeah. seems like every I, I feel like game two, I know they won game two in overtime, and it was a great overtime, only took thirty seconds, but that was the only game the Bruins had the lead. Like they yeah. I they really they need to just step up their game and play harder earlier if they wanna take advantage of the Capitals in this series. Because it seems whoever comes out and scores first wins the game. So, I mean, I think they got to come out harder. Connor, you have any thoughts on what you've seen from the Bruins series so far? It's been a fun series to watch. And uh, game three, it looks like the nail-biters go back and forth. And the winner of this game, I think, is going to be huge. I think whoever wins this game four or game five, it's game four, uh, it's going to tie it up again. It's one of those series that can go seven. I think these playoffs are great so far, though. I think there's a lot of phenomenal series going on. I think Vegas and Minnesota are really going at it. That series is 1-1 right now. The Islanders and the Penguins are 1-1 right now. It's going, it's going well. I think the Avalanche are taking care of um, the Blues pretty handily, though. I don't think there's much competition there. And the Lightning are up 2-0 on the Panthers. They're doing a good job in what I thought would be a pretty good Florida team. So this. There's some good hockey being played, played around the NHL right now, and it's, um, it's exciting. Yeah, right now, I mean, there's nothing better than playoff hockey. I know the regular season can drag sometimes, but going back to the Bruins series, five minutes to go in this game right now, back and forth action. But one of the main points to me going back to this Bruins series is the Bruins' first line has really not been too great. And when, when the Bruins are hot, the first line is always playing well. you got Burge, you got Marshawn, you got Pasternak. And right now, they haven't been great. I know Marsh, you got the game winner in the last game, but... Overall, the defense for the Capitals has kind of overhauled the Bruins' first line for the most part. Taylor Hall has been an X-factor for the Bruins. He's been playing very good since the trade deadline. But if the Bruins want to win this series, Pasta's going to have to score some goals. He's been very sloppy in these first three games, not having a good game tonight. The Bruins' defense has stepped up to the challenge right now. A lot of people are blaming Tuka Rask, but a lot of these goals really aren't his fault. 
the thing to me is if the Bruins want to win the series, the first line has to get going because the second line and third lines have been pretty good for the Bruins right now. And we've talked about it all season long. You need to have a good second and third line if you want to go far in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And right now, the first line doesn't look too good. I know Marsh just tied the game up about five minutes ago, but still, David Poshnok's one of the best forwards in the National Hockey League. He's had a very quiet series. So if the Bruins want to win this series, I say Pasta needs to score a couple goals, need to get a couple points on the board because right now the Capitals' defense looks like it's a lot better than the Bruins' first line. Going back to the other games, Connor, like you said, the Avalanche dominated the Blues in that first game, a big game two tonight. I know your Islanders had a chance to go up 2-0 against the Penguins, but unfortunately for you, Pittsburgh tied the series up 1-1. That's another good series. And then again, we got some other good – the Maple Leafs. The Oilers haven't even played yet. They play their first game tonight. So the playoffs are definitely definitely happening right now. Things are kind of wild, but this Bruins series to me right now, I think it's the best one. Well, definitely. I think it's the one, obviously, um, furthest along, too. Like you said, Edmonton's going for game one tonight. Um, I've been really kind of circling Edmonton all year. I want to see how they do in the playoffs. Cause like I said, I've been kind of – I've been kind of against the tide on Edmonton a little bit. Everyone's loved McDade and everyone loves um, Dwight Isidol yeah. and um, those top goal scores. But definitely the Bruins is one of the more exciting series. Um, like you said, Justin, I don't know how much time, but you said five minutes just a second ago. Five minutes and one like second. Looks like it's going to a third overtime, it sounds like that. What's, yeah. um, what's up with us being in game three here and other, other uh, series being game one tonight? There was a lot of the COVID stuff that happened. Actually, the regular season is still technically going on because the Canucks, and Oil- Canucks are playing against the Flames right now, which is kind of stupid to have the regular season going on as the playoffs. But for some reason in hockey, oh, my God, the Capitals just hit the post. But sorry. Are, to- are either of those teams playoff bound? No, they're both done after tonight. But a lot of the teams are on pause. So in the NHL, it happens a lot of times. Some of the series are kind of not going on at the same time, which I never like, to be honest with you. No, they should all be at the same time. Yeah, they had some COVID cancellations too. It was they were really bad at handling this too. Because I was I was kind of shocked too. The Bruins were in Game Three, and I haven't seen Edmonton play playoff hockey yet. Yeah, that that first game is going on tonight. Most of the series have only played one or two games. But yeah, like you said, this Bruins series is the furthest along right now. As Tuka Rask almost let in another goal, but only four minutes to go. In this game right now, the last 11 games these two teams play have played have been decided by one goal, which is kind of crazy. Oh, my God. And it looks like the same is going to happen tonight. Less than four minutes to go now. So definitely some good series going on in the NHL. Connor, you have anything to say before we move on to the NBA about what you've seen from the Islanders? Uh, no, I'm good. we got a tied series, so let's get right to, let's get right to basketball. Yeah, I mean, I think Pittsburgh needs to get Crosby and Malkin going. I think they're going to win the series. Crosby and Malkin haven't been that great, and it's tied up at 1-1. So I, I say that's good news if you're a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. But that Islanders defense is tough. Yeah, I mean, it, it all comes down to how good that defense plays. And shocked enough, we scored four goals in game one to get it done. But I told you, if Pittsburgh scores three goals, we're not going to win those games. And that's what happened in game two. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, um, yeah, so the NHL is definitely going – now, Jake, you can give us some NBA updates. I don't know if you're watching the Bruins game or if you're watching the Grizzlies game right now, but the NBA I'm playing watching, game. I'm watching the Grizzlies and the Spurs. It is a tight contest, a currently four-point game with seven and a half left in the third. And, I mean, it's, it's quite remarkable, honestly, that the Spurs were down huge early in this game. They were down over 20 points at times. 
and uh, they worked it all the way back to a two-point game in the first half. They're at four right now, and it, no team really can, can take charge after that early push from Memphis. The, the game's a little low-scoring, too, so it's going to be a tight one down to the wire. Um, I'm definitely enjoying this one. The, the next game, I, I don't – I mean, I want to say it's going to be better because of all the stars in it, but something in me is, is feeling the Lakers are just going to – show up early and often and just bury the Warriors. I mean, I, I still think the Warriors are going to make the playoffs because I think that, you know, Curry can beat either the Spurs or the Grizzlies pretty easily. But the Lakers are a different animal when they're healthy. And, uh, you know, that, that's how I see that going. I, I know we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the plans from yesterday. And, uh, I mean, I, I wasn't super shocked to see the Pacers take down the Hornets. I mean, I know they destroyed them, put up 140. But... I mean, looking at those two franchises, the Pacers are, you know, a year-in, year-out playoff team. Those guys know what they're doing. They're led by an all-star and some bonus. And the Hornets are, are a young squad full of uh, some, some mixed-position type guys. And, you know, they, they got to catch their lumps before they're really a, a playoff team. So, I don't know. I wasn't too shocked. And then, you know, Tatum, incredible game. I, I, we'll talk more about the Celtics, but Tatum with an incredible game. Yeah, so um, yeah, for those of you that don't know, tonight you got the Grizzly Spurs going on right now. Golden State's playing the Lakers in the later game. I believe that tips off at 10 o'clock, probably a little later. But going back to last night, first playing game, Charlotte, Indiana. I really didn't have a feel for this game. I thought it was going to be a close game. I was surprised by the outcome, especially the Pacers playing without Karis LeVert and Miles Turner. I thought it would be much closer than the final score. But Doug McDermott puts up 20 points in the first quarter. And I look at the box score, I'm like, Jesus Christ, Charlotte got a long, a long road ahead of them. And then... Really, for the most part, LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, Devontae Graham, that backcourt kind of stunk last night. And when those guys have off nights, especially all three of them, it's going to be tough for the Hornets to win. Gordon Hayward obviously not playing in the game either. So you got to count on guys like Bridges, like Washington. And really nobody had a great game for the Hornets except Bridges, who's had a very good season. And you got Doug McBuckets going off. you got O'Shea Brissett leading the Pacers in scoring. And then again, Sabonis, 14, 21, and 9. It's a Pacers team that... That just played really well last night. That guy is is an absolute rebounding machine. He, it's. I feel like he has. I, I don't know the stat for sure, but I'm going to say that he had the most 20 rebound games this season, and it wasn't even close. Yeah, he, he is good. Connor, you have any thoughts on Sabonis on the Pacers Hornets game from last night? Um. Well, to be honest, I mean, I thought it was going to be a lot closer. Like you said, I think you guys covered a lot of the bases. Uh, Charlotte didn't show up really, and it showed throughout. And they let Indiana run up 144, and without overtime, it was pretty bad. And they lost pretty handily. Yeah, yeah, just it, they didn't show up for the most part. I'll take it. I'll take it one step farther, and I'm going to say that the Indiana Pacers are going to be in the playoffs. Wow. You think they're going to beat the Wizards? I think that the Indiana Pacers will beat the Wizards. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I can't say what they're gonna do to stop Westbrook and Beal because those guys really. I'm surprised the Celtics did as good as they did with, with slowing them down. But they have nobody that can even get close to stopping Sabonis. He's gonna have a field day. They don't have anyone to work on Turner either, and and their defense as a whole is just a problem. I I think the Pacers have a little too much firepower to to, you know, get beat by the Wizards. Uh, and again, like I said, the, the Wizards, yeah, they, they're two guys, Beal and Westbrook have some real experience under their belts, but the rest of that team is, is a, 
you know, grab bag of random yeah. dudes. And and the Pacers have a lot, a lot of talent, a lot of deep talent. And I think they can beat them for sure. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, go moving on to the Celtics game last night. It's basically watching the Wizards. It's basically watching Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, and that just seems like it's a bunch of senior rec all-stars out there that really aren't too good besides those two guys. I mean, Ish Smith had a good game last night. Daniel Gafford's improving, yeah. but... Smith is, Smith's a good bench scorer. Hachimura, you know, is, is coming into his own a little bit. But, I mean, beyond that, like, am I supposed to be excited by Alex Lent? Like, Davis yeah. Bertans was terrible. Like, it, you know, they, they don't have enough. They don't have enough to beat these teams that are legitimately good. The, the run that the Wizards went on this year to work their way up to the 10th seed was great. But if you look at the schedule, they played a lot of really bad teams. Yeah, they, they really abused the, the bad teams and lost to the teams they were supposed to. And, and that's how you finish in the middle of the pack. And, I mean, they ended up playing a team like the Celtics, who are too talented for them, and, and they lost. Yeah, so going on to that Celtics game, real quickly, Bruins-Capitals, Game 3, headed to overtime for the third straight game in the series. So another one-goal game, which is kind of crazy. This has been an amazing series, like we said. Celtics game last night. First half, they came out kind of sluggish, in my opinion. Jason Tatum started the game 3-for-10, and Evan Fournier really never got it going. Marcus Smart didn't have his offensive game going last night. But the key to me last night was Tatum obviously got his 50, and he's going to be scoring a lot of points, especially without Jalen Brown. But Kemba Walker had a huge game last night. Obviously, when you, you're without an all-star like Jalen Brown, you're going to need Kemba Walker to step up, especially against a Brooklyn Nets team. We'll get into that a little more later. But Kemba Walker stepped up last night. And also Robert Williams went down, who has been a very good player for the Celtics this season. And when he went down, Tristan Thompson, to me, he was awesome last night. Very aggressive in every single play. Obviously, he misses his free throws. But Tristan Thompson, to me, last night, played his ass off. And I wish we got more of that Tristan Thompson on a night-to-night basis. Unfortunately, we haven't really this season. But Tatum got his. And when Kemba Walker's playing like that, I'm not going to say they're going to beat the Brooklyn Nets. But I think these games can be a lot more competitive than people think they can be. Um, Did they get a game on Brooklyn? I think they'll get one game. Yeah, yeah. I think they get one game on Brooklyn because here, here's what here. I didn't think we were going to talk about this, but here's my thought process. Brooklyn to me has the feel of like the Lakers last year, where the Lakers in the first round they dropped game one, then they won four straight. They go to the second round, they drop game one, then they win four straight, and it's you know that it's not it's almost like a feel them out slash. Um, you know, we know we're going to win, so why why would we go so hard right now? Yeah. Um, in all honesty, I think that the the Nets could go on a rotating schedule of resting one of their top three players and still win the series. Um, do I think they're going to do that? No, that would be incredibly insulting, and I don't think they want to go six or seven games. But with, with the team they have, I think they know that their aspirations are for a title. And they're looking past the first round already. And I think that teams that do that can drop a game. I don't think that they have any chance of losing the series, but I think that they will drop a game. Yeah, all right. So you want to get into our picks for every first-round series real, real quick? Sure. All right, so starting in the East, I think the Celtics are only going to win one game. I got Brooklyn winning the series in five. Yeah, I, I, uh, I also have Brooklyn winning in five. Which I do as well. All right, and then, um, well, the 1-8 series we technically don't know yet, but I don't think Philly's going to have a problem with either team. I say if it's Washington, it goes five games. If, it in, if it's Indiana, I could see a sweep, to be honest with you. 
I got I got the Pacers making it, like I said, and I think the Sixers win four. Clean sweep. I got Washington in this game, and I got it. Um, I got it going six. Well, yeah, I don't think Philly's really going to have a, a huge issue with either team. I think their size is just honestly too much for both those teams. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I've talked about it on the show, my thoughts on Philly, but the reason I, I would be so dead set on this being a sweep is because Philly gives me the feel of like what Milwaukee has done for the last few years, where you know all regular season they're like, we're going to win every single game we play, and then you know the, their goal in the playoffs is to go 16-0. They're not looking at... I know they're looking to win a championship, but they're looking to do more than that. They're looking to win every game possible. And personally, I think those teams fall short fairly often, but they don't normally do that in the first round. So I think Philly really is just going to come out and stop whoever they need to play just so they can move on. And then the next series we got going on, the 3-6, we got Miami, we got Milwaukee. And listen, this is a series we saw last year. I think it's going to be a very highly competitive series. I think the Miami Heat are still a good team, even though the regular season wasn't probably as good as we thought it was going to be. I think they're going to drag it out to seven games, but I think Giannis and Chris Middleton are going to be too much in game seven, and Milwaukee's going to win. I think um, I think the Bucks are a lot better than they were last year. They're, they're built a lot stronger. They added Drew Holiday, who I think is a clear upgrade over Bledsoe, um, and, and I like their squad. I think the Heat have something, you know, left in the tank. They, they really were struggling with injuries all year. Um, and this is going to be my biggest upset of, of the entire playoffs, I think. And I'm, I'm going to say the Heat take down the Bucks in seven games. They, they, have the, they have the Giannis uh, defense figured out. Um, this is not a copy, but I had something similar lines, but it's not quite seven games. I have Miami and six, actually. Nice. And I just, I think, I think Miami's come to this healthy, healthiest as they've been all season. Uh-huh. I think, I like, I love Drew Holiday over Eric Bledsoe. I think, this is not a slight against Milwaukee. I think this is a horrible matchup for Giannis specifically, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I, I think Middleton can play fine. I think actually Drew can play fine. Um, I think Brooke Lopez will have huge trouble with him as he did. And I think Giannis is going to have a nightmare of a series. I mean, he might not. I could eat minus winning at seven, but right now Miami at six, just because I feel like they're going to let Giannis get game one just because they have home court. And then Miami will them the rest of the way. Oh, my God. What a prediction there. You think that so you think that the Bucks take game one and then the Heat win four out of five? Yes. Wow. Okay. I think and, uh, Wow. I, yeah, I mean that's a that's a bold thing to say. And I, I think uh, what what Justin failed to mention but likes to talk about the Miami Heat for the entire season, I guess, is that they don't have Jay Crowder right now. Yeah, they so, don't. You know, I don't know how they're gonna win without Jay Crowder, but you know, here they are. They're not gonna. They'll win. They'll win three games without him, but they're not gonna win a fourth. All right. Well, I guess I guess we're gonna have to disagree on the next series as well because I'm sure this is Connor's favorite first round series we got going on. But I'm gonna tell you right now, the New York Knicks will not. They will not beat the Atlanta Hawks. 
The New York Knicks will not beat the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks are winning this series in six games, and John Collins will be in your nightmares for the next year. I think you're crazy, man. I think that the Knicks. I think the Knicks take this series in six games, and I think there's a chance it could go five. No way. Yes, I think the Knicks are significantly better than the Hawks. I think the Knicks are one of those teams that though they're not super talented, they could beat any team on any given night. And I don't think the Hawks hold that same standard. I think they're very weak defensively. I think Randall shows up. I think Rose shows up. I think that they do a poor job defending defending the three. So you got Bullock dropping bombs, and and the the, the Knicks are just all defense, dude. Like the, the like Trey Young is going to have a problem going up against Albert Payton like the whole series. Um, no way. And then I'm looking right. like Nerlens and and Randall working on uh, Collins and Capella. I think that. I think that the defensive aspect of Nerlens is great on Capella. I think he's been a huge drop-off since he left Houston. And, I mean, if you're going to tell me that Randall, who is going to make an All-NBA team, is going to get beat by John Collins, I'm just going to disagree with you. We'll let Connor speak in one second, but Julius Randall's going to have a great series. And listen, I don't think R.J. Barrett's going to have a good series whatsoever. The Atlanta Hawks are going to let the Knicks score like crazy. I would take the over in almost every single game in the series. I don't know what it's going to be. The Knicks will definitely get theirs. But I think the Atlanta Hawks defense sucks. But their offense, I think there's going to be too many weapons for the Knicks defense to handle. Danilo Gallinari off the bench. DeAndre Hunter is healthy. Bogdanovich and Horter can make three after three after three. Trey Young's going to score 30 points in the series at least three times. I don't think he's really going to have that many issues. And John Collins is a lot, a lot, a lot better in the second half of the season than he was in the first half of the season. He's going to have four or five fouls about every game. And R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle will probably get theirs. But Emmanuel Quickly is not going to be the old Emmanuel Quickly that he was at the beginning of the season. Derrick Rose is not going to be vintage Derrick Rose. And the Atlanta Hawks three-pointers are going to be going in every single game. And they're going to be firing on all cylinders to beat the New York Knicks four games to two. You heard it here. Canton, Massachusetts. Team works first. I'm, I'm going to say Barrett averages uh, 20 a game in the series. Yeah, he'll and shoot like 20%. No, he'll, he'll probably average. I'm giving him 17 and a half. All right. Connor? Straight. All right. See, the Knicks are going to – I'll give Trey Young two games. Knicks win 4-2. But I'm going to say what needs to, needs to happen because this is absolutely mad. This is serious. I saw this during the Celtics game. Absolutely. Leading up to the – the end of the season, and I think it's more evident than not after what I saw in the Celtics game that this needs to happen, or we're in danger of not encompassing our full potential. Alfred Payton needs to go to the bench. Alfred depend at twelve minutes a game or zero. I'm actually breaking up. Let me get on the Wi-Fi. Um, I. Who do you think is supposed to start? Frank Nilakina. It's interesting. Very interesting. Frank is very reliable defensively. I understand he can't play make as much, but he's a very reliable defender. He's very much improved on his three-point shooting. And not only that, well, I already mentioned his defense, so he's going to lock up Trey Young no matter what. And I just I just don't like Alfred Payton's attitude right now. He, I saw him walking around in the Celtics game. I saw him put take possessions off. Dude. Dude, that game was meaningless. Dude, I don't care what me. No, nothing's meaningless. Nothing's meaningless. Dude, we, 
You got Randall and RJ Barrett leading the league in minutes, and he's out there dogging. That's disgusting. Here's my here's my the first and second quarter. Here's my here's my counter to why Alfred Payton should remain a starter. I think the most important guard on the team. I'm not talking about RJ Barrett. I think he's like a combo forward guy. Um, if you're talking about Payton, you're talking about Nitokina, and you're talking about Derrick Rose, <laughs> I think the most important one of the three is Derrick Rose. And for Derrick Rose to properly get his time on the court, I think he needs to be playing alongside Nitokina because Payton is not a combo guard. Payton needs to be running the offense, and, and Rose needs the ball in his hands as well. You guys, keep so, talking. I just got to check this guy out. Okay. I think that I think that the whole point here is that they, they, they have something working as far as their rotation goes. I think Quickly and Rose work together because they can both create for themselves. I think Peyton needs more of the the you know the keys as far as running the offense. He needs to be out there with the Bullocks and the the Barretts, the, the shooters. Whereas Rose needs to come off the bench and play with someone like Nitokina, who could be more of a spot up guy and a defensive player. That's just how I see it. But Peyton is playing with those guys, and he's been terrible, and that's my whole thing. Like, he's shooting below 40% from the field. And I get that offense is not everything. He's been a defensive guy, and Tibbs keeps saying that time and time again. But he looks to, he looked disinterested out there. I can't risk having that. And it, I'm not – and I understand it was just a Celtics game, but I saw these bits and pieces before leading up to this game too, and I saw people were calling for it. And it's just become more evident than more evidence, and we're in the playoffs now. So I mean, they're not—they're not, they're not going to take him out of the rotation completely. No, no, I, don't, I, I think that would be too much. Like I said, I think they should give him like ten to fifteen minutes, but I think they should take him, take him out of the starting role. He's only getting—he's only getting twenty to twenty-five minutes. Just a live update: there's a minute fifty left in the third quarter. Memphis is up seven. And Jonas Valanciunas has 21 and 20. Wow. Yeah. All right, so you guys you guys good with the Knicks-Hawks talk? You want to get to the Western Conference real quick, first-round series? All right, so obviously we don't know what one of the series is going to be because that Grizzlies-Spurs game is still going on. But the one seed in the West, the Utah Jazz, you think they're going to lose in the first round or not? No. I, I think – I don't know if we're all in agreement here, but I think they get the Warriors – in the first round. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I mean, I don't know. Apparently Mitchell, you know, still isn't all the way there. Um, I still – I think even without Mitchell, the, the Jazz are, are the favorite in this series. They could definitely lose. But I'm going to say that, you know, at some point in that series, Mitchell comes back. It might be right at the start. And I'm going to say the Jazz beat the Warriors in six games. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. I think Steph Curry can get his. And Andrew Wiggins is playing a lot better in the second half of the season. Like you said, Jake, they're not completely healthy. Donovan Mitchell's probably going to play. Mike Conley's not completely healthy either. But either way, I don't think the Jazz are going to lose this series. I think it would take a catastrophe and oh, the perfect storm, I would say. But I think we're, I think it's pretty close. I think it I think it goes seven. And if Donovan Mitchell is not on his game, game seven, he doesn't show up and he lets Steph Curry do his thing. And the thing is, it's going to fall on Andrew Wiggins. If Andrew Wiggins can do what he did in the regular season, which is shoot 45% from the field and above 37% from three, wow, the girls win. No, start of overtime right now, 2-2. Final score is going to be 3-2, just a guess. If Wiggins can be that guy, they got a shot. 
but I'll take the Jazz in seven just for keepsake, but I wouldn't slouch the Warriors. Okay. All right. My probably, I mean, this is probably not even a big upset just because the Phoenix Suns are the two seed, but I got them playing the Lakers in the first round. I think the Lakers are going to win that game tonight. I think Golden State might keep it close, closer than people think at least, but I think it's going to be a great series. If you got Phoenix and the Lakers, you got Chris Paul and D Book on one side, LeBron James and Anthony Davis on one side. And I just think I don't like the depth this season that the Lakers really have. I think it was a lot better last season, but I think LeBron James and Anthony Davis are going to be a little bit too much for the Phoenix Suns to handle. I know I have my guy Jay Crowder on one side, and Jay Crowder doesn't lose a lot of games. But he's going to lose in the first round to the Lakers in seven, and LeBron James and Anthony Davis are going to look close to 100%. Lakers over the Suns in seven games. I, uh, I, I think we're all in agreement that the Lakers are, are going to win tonight, earn that, earn that seventh spot. Um, Connor can, you know, jump out now if he disagrees. But... Um, uh, this is easily the most interesting series to me. I don't even know who the favorite will be once uh, the Lakers are, are slotted in there. But I, I'm going to disagree with Justin. And, I, and I, I know this is wild because LeBron has never lost in the first round of the playoffs. But I'm going to say LeBron loses in the first round of the playoffs this year. And, and the Phoenix Suns are just too much for LeBron and AD to handle. I really, since LeBron and AD have come back, have they? I, I haven't seen them beat a good team. Like, no, I really no haven't. they haven't they, beat a good team. No, they, they have a lot to figure out. And even if they do start to get things together in this series, they may be down one or two games when they do. And, and, and you know, I, don't, I, I think that, you know, even looking at last year's Lakers team in the finals, which was a different team, but obviously a great team, they're champions. I don't think that team, you know, clean sweeps the, the Suns this year. So if you're down one or two games already, and, and that's when you start to you know, fully piece things together, you still have a great chance of losing. And I, I think the Suns take it in seven. What'd you say, Connor? I was going to ask if I was crazy, actually, for taking Phoenix in seven, just because it's against LeBron. But I think LeBron got screwed. They didn't get screwed. Like They, they got a bad seeding. They had a bad regular season. They got a seven seed. Because what happens? You play a tough dog like Phoenix, who's, in my opinion, they've they've had a really tough schedule. Like they, the schedule has not been kind to them. They really ran through the gauntlet this year, the Western Conference. They kind of beat everyone at least once, I think, a little bit. They were really good. Um, they were really good down the stretch in games too, and a lot of close games. Um, it's just really insane when you have guys like them. Booker, we already knew it was close. We already knew that was a guy who score. You could give the ball less than two minutes and he'd get you a bucket. And now you have Chris Paul, who does that every possession. It's just insane. I think I think it goes seven because LeBron and AD are gonna figure it out. Like they're not gonna they're not gonna let it go quietly. But and um, let me let me ask you guys a question. I, this may maybe this is crazy, but we're talking about the Warriors being the eighth seed and having a legitimate chance of taking a few games from from Utah. And we're talking about the Lakers being the seventh seed and, and Phoenix being, you know, just enough to, to knock this team off. If you're if you're the Lakers and you're looking at those two teams, are you are you thinking if we're the eighth seed we can beat Utah? If we're the seventh seed we might have a problem? Yeah, I'd much rather play Utah than Phoenix. I mean, yeah. listen, both these teams had great regular seasons and you obviously want to win your first game. You don't want to have to think about having a one game elimination if you lose tonight. You obviously need to win your first game, but if I'm a Lakers fan, player, coach or any of that 
I'd be a lot more scared to play the Suns than the Jazz. Then, uh, then why aren't you dropping this game? Because I don't think you're going to lose a game on purpose. I think you want to win the game, and you don't have to. You don't want to go into a single elimination game. No, and I, I, I agree with you. But if you're if you're so con- if you're the Lakers, and you know you you know you're going to have Braun and AD going up against either the Grizzlies or the Spurs. I mean, aren't you confident you can take that game? Yeah, I mean, I'm confident. But the thing is, I don't think they're just going to lose a game on purpose just to get. I mean, I don't think there's a huge difference between the Suns and the Jazz. There's definitely a difference. And I think, especially if Donovan Mitchell's not 100% healthy, you want to play Phoenix. But I think you want to win the freaking playing game and move on. I mean, I know I know you aren't on the same page as Connor and myself. But personally, I would feel that if the Lakers are the seventh seed, they are a first-round exit. And if they are the eighth seed, they have conference finals potential. Yes. Honestly, I think I think they beat Utah or Phoenix in in a best of seven series. Okay. Okay. All right. Next series is what we got. Um, Damian Lillard against the Joker. Yep. yep. And I, to me, I mean, it sucks seeing Jamal Murray as an NBA fan not healthy and obviously missing the rest of the season. I'd love to see the series with Jamal Murray healthy, and I think either way, honestly, if he was healthy or not, I think Portland wins the series. But. Without Jamal Murray, you're obviously going to need Michael Porter to step up immensely. And I just don't think he's going to do it enough. Portland's a team that's playing very good after they beat the Celtics. Me and Jake were at that game. We saw Portland play very well. And Norman Powell was a great acquisition at the deadline for them. And when you have other scorers like Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, you got two guys at center that are both playing really good right now in Nurkic and Cantor. And don't forget about the playoff experience of Carmelo Anthony. I think Portland wins this in six games. And Joker's obviously going to still put up monster numbers. I, I too, have Portland. Um, I think with Murray on, on Denver, this series could be completely flipped. Like they're, it, it, Portland is, is a very good team to me. Um, but Denver with Murray, is, you know, they, they made the conference finals last year. They look very good. Um, that being said, I think Portland handles this team easily. I just don't think with, without Murray, I don't think they have enough firepower to, to hang with Portland. I think Portland is a scary team this year. I know Justin is, is with me on that. Connor, um, you know, not so much. I, I don't think he really agrees Portland is, is legit. I think Portland has a legitimate chance to win a championship this year. Um, and I'm going to say that Portland wins this series in five games. Now, I know that's that's pretty uh, that's pretty insulting to Denver, but Denver's hurt. And when I think about the Portland Trailblazers, I I, I want to get into them because I like them a lot. I think that they have six guys. Like I don't know I don't know how many teams you could say this for. I think Portland has six guys that could drop twenty on you on any given night, and and that is a terrible thing to have to defend against. If you if you have to worry about Lillard, McCollum, Powell, Carmelo, Nurkic, and Cantor every night, you have a problem. Yeah, they only go eight deep to begin with, but all eight of their guys that play are obviously very good players. And Anthony Simons also having a very good year too. So three point sniper. Connor, who do you like in the series? Uh, I think Portland. I'll give Joker two games because I think he's going to win the MVP this year. Um, Kirby. No, I eight teams do not win MVPs. Too. Russ won it at the the six sets. Big seed. That's that was low. He had a triple double too. Curtis Lee was scoring, but um, I think Portland's very good. I think they got 
they got some snipers out there. They can drop one forty on your regulation, like no problem. Um, if you're not paying attention. Um, my main thing is they won't play defense. Those guards, all those guards you mentioned, are very ole. Um, ole, so ole. I forgot, I forgot to mention they have Robert Covington too. Yeah. Dave Covington is very good, very good defensive player, and he helps them out a lot. Cantor is not known for being very good defensively. Nurkic is a step up from Cantor, but he's nothing. Nothing to write home about. Um, but I like Portland to win the series. All right. Um, the last series, in my opinion, I, I'm not really that excited for the series whatsoever. The Clippers in Dallas. I don't think Dallas has a freaking shot to win the series. I was close to saying that it could be a sweep, but you got Luka Doncic on one side. Kristaps Porzingis also can get his. Oh, and the Bruins just almost won the game in overtime, but they didn't yet. But I think the Clippers win this in five games. I think there's too much talent on that side between Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Reggie Jackson low-key having a very good season. They're starting to finally get healthy at the right time. They got some good acquisitions later in the season with DeMarcus Cousins and Rajon Rondo. Some guys with a lot of playoff experience on that roster. And Luka Doncic is one of the best players in the NBA, but I just don't think he has enough around him to really make this a competitive series. I think they'll win one game, maybe a close game, a last-second buzzer beater just because of Luka's being so good. But Clippers, to me, are way better than Dallas. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I got the Clippers in five as well. Um, but, I mean, I'm more of the, you know, it's five games, could go six type feel. Um, I, I don't think it's a, it's a sweet potential just because of what you said. You know, Luka is is that man like he like i think Kawhi's the best player in the series but luca on any given night can be the best player on the court no matter who he's playing against um and i can easily see you know a game where where luca drops 30 you know Porzingis is hitting his shots hardaway's made a few they got richardson i think brunson's a good player um and, and you know those guys could be clicking and they could definitely win a game the clippers are another team like i said brooklyn is it's in the same boat for me where they their confidence almost makes them slack off a lot um, and I know this team has a lot of deep, deep talent, a lot of vets that have been there before and know what they're doing. But, they, I mean, they can still take a night off and drop a game. And, and you know, the young, the young, hungry team like Dallas could, could take a few. Um, so I'm going to go Clippers in five, but I think it's got six-game potential. Yeah, I got Clippers in six just because I don't trust the identity of this team. I think Paul, George, and Kawhi are not the best leaders, so... All right, so that's that's the first round for the most part. We'll just talk about the semifinals and finals real quick. Jake, what's your Eastern Conference and Western Conference semifinals? You really want to get into that? I mean, we just talked about all the all the first round. You want to save it for next week? Yeah, I mean, yeah, let's save it. I mean, we're just talking about hypotheticals at this point. We might as well skip right to the end. All right, just, yeah, what's the, who's in the NBA Finals this year? In the NBA Finals, I have the Brooklyn Nets defeating the Portland Trailblazers, and I'm going to say that it goes six games, and the MVP of the series is James Harden, because Kevin Durant cannot be a leader. Connor, what do you have? I have Brooklyn defeating Phoenix in seven games. Whoa, you have Chris Paul in the finals? I do. I think Chris Paul finally gets there. I think D-Book is mentally... He can go through anything. That dude got 70 points in tw- at, uh, 
like 21. I know it was lost against the Celtics, but that dude can do anything, in my opinion. I think they, I think the war I had the Warriors winning, so I think they are easily to get some conference finals. I think the Clippers are not enough. I like Phoenix a lot. All right, so we're all on the same page that we think the Brooklyn Nets are going to win the NBA Finals, but we all have a different team in the Western Conference because I get the Brooklyn Nets beating the LA Clippers four games to two. I really, I just like the Clippers, and I could see Portland getting there, but I just think the Clippers have too much talent. I think they're finally going to be able to put it together this season. They've had a lot of early, early playoff exits. They haven't been, that haven't really been too good at all. They should have went a lot further than they did last season, in my opinion. But I think this Brooklyn Nets team just has too much talent between Kyrie Irving. Kevin Durant, James Harden, Blake Griffin's even playing kind of good for him. And Joe Harris, Joe Harris is another guy that can knock down threes on any given night. And then you got Landry Shaman off the bench. You got Jeff Green, who has lots of experience in the NBA. This is a team that has too many weapons. Clippers, Nets, NBA Finals, Brooklyn in six games. But I think Kevin Durant's going to win the Finals MVP and not James Harden. Okay. I mean, I, I can definitely see that happening. I just, you know. I, I really like Portland here. I, I just want to say how much I am happy with basketball. I know that the, we all have the same champion, which is, you know, a little, you know, demoralizing or, you know, not, not very exciting. It's deflating, not demoralizing. Um, all the nets. Yeah, all the nets. But I, I really love that, you know, for years it was Warriors, Warriors in the West, and then, you know, the Lakers were so good. We knew they were going to win. And this year we have three different teams in our predictions. And I think that they're, you know, none of us even said the Lakers who won the championship last year. Like, you know, we're looking at three different teams. We, none of us said the one seed and none of us said the champion from last year. So, there, I mean, there's a lot of teams that can come out of the West and I think it's very exciting to watch. Jake, what, what's the update right now with the Grizzlies game? Four-point game, eight minutes left. Memphis up 79-75. to 75. And the Bruins-Washington game, 2-2 in overtime, 13-18 to go in overtime. So we got a lot of shit going on right now. We got LeBron against Steph Curry going on later tonight. It is now a one-point game. Oh, my God. This would be a crazy, crazy comeback. Yep, 11-2 run. I'm sorry. This guy was talking to me at work. One second. Wow, this Bruins game is insane. I just thought. Hold on, guys. Keep talking. One second. I'll be back. Connor, if you before this game, did you think that the Spurs or the Grizzlies were going to win? You know, I said the Spurs were going to play it tight. I was going to say Grizzlies in a close one. Um, but I, but the, before the game, if Grizzlies were favored by four. I would have taken Spurs with the points. Okay, I think it's going to be less than four. I like that. I like that. I mean, I thought the Spurs were going to win through and through. Um, I, you know, I look at both these teams, and, and my thought process was, was a couple things. First is, you know, neither of these teams, you know, when you're talking about playing 9 tenths, neither of them are, you know, super consistent and on a given night. You know, none of them have the – neither of them have this, you know, star-level talent player on their team. Um, they got John Moran. Yeah, I mean, and, and they have DeMar DeRozan. Like, they're, they're not superstars. They're – they have all-star caliber players, potentially. The Grizzlies that don't have any, actually. But, the, you know, the Spurs have two words. Shots at John, dude. I think he's a false. He's not an all-star. But yes. maybe he will yeah. be one day. Yeah, um, yeah. Nice. 
But, you know, it was two things for me. One is DeMar DeRozan being a leader, someone who's been there before, year in and year out. And I think the guy's just a killer. I, I, every time I watch the Spurs play, it seems they're in a close game and in, in, in the fourth quarter, in the last, you know, five minutes of the game, DeRozan has the ball every single time. He's not afraid of the moment. And in a close game, he'll keep you in it nine times out of ten. Then... What really did it for me over the top is I'm not I'm not going to bet against Greg Popovich. Like you give me one game and I'm going to take Popovich every day of the week. He is the, still the best coach in the league, and I, I will totally take his game plan versus anyone else. So so that's why I felt the Spurs here. I mean, top to bottom, the Spurs might be less talented. I know like Jaws great, Valanciunas is great, Dylan Brooks is really good, Jaron Jackson's coming back from the injury looking good. But I think DeJounte Murray is an incredibly underrated player. I like DeRozan, and and I think the supporting cast is that classic like Spurs vibe. Like I don't know their last name, or, and I don't know where they're from, but I know that they can play basketball. Um, so you know, I really I really felt that they they had the game here, and it's coming down to the wire. So we'll see. Sounds good. Well, in a couple of weeks, we'll get to. Um, I know we did all of our NBA predictions for the regular season. We'll see who. Came the closest. I think I actually nailed three exactly right, but I got to look it over once again to see. In a couple of weeks, we'll see who got the most right. Jake, you said you didn't think you did too good. No, I, I mean, I had Houston well into the playoffs, and I had Portland missing, so that's two there. Um, we'll see. I, we, we all have the Celtics higher. Um, Connor probably won on the Knicks. Um, I think I got pretty close with the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We can next week if you want. We can go through all the teams and see who who is the closest on each one. But um, about fifteen minutes left in the show. There's a lot we're going to get to next week, obviously as well, because there's going to be a ton of games going on this week, next week with the NBA and the NHL and stuff like that. The Bruins Capitals almost midway through the overtime now. So Max has seen a very good game tonight over there at TD Garden. I'll be there for Game Four, but. Real quickly, you want to hit on the NFL a little bit. I know the NFL schedule just came out last week. There were, I mean, there's big games every single season, but in my opinion, the biggest game this season is going down in week four. They announced that Tom Brady's coming back to Gillette Stadium, Sunday night football, to face his former team, the New England Patriots. You guys have any thoughts on the game being in week four or just the game in general? It's going to be a slaughter. I, I got my own game, man. We got Santoro in one. <laughs> That's going to be awesome. Are you hoping the Jets destroy him, or are you hoping that he destroys the Jets? I am hoping he slaughters him. What if he just comes out with like the best game of his career? Game one on new team. Um, It depends how Zach Wilson does. Okay. If, if Zach Wilson throws three picks and we lose by twenty plus, um, I'm probably not going to come out of bed that day. Okay. But if Darnold throws for four hundred yards and four TDs, and Zach Wilson does like two hundred yards and a TD, no picks, and we lose by like two touchdowns, I can live with that. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, talking about week one, that's definitely a game that's going to be entertaining just because the Jets are facing their old quarterback. It's going to be interesting to see how Zach Wilson does in his first NFL start, assuming he definitely will start in that game. But going back to the Patriots thing real quickly, that's the marquee matchup of the year. And a lot of people are trying to figure out why they scheduled Brady to come back in week four. But I heard a couple of different opinions on this the other morning, and 
if all goes according to plan, apparently I think Tom Brady needs to average about 290 passing yards in his first three games. And then week four, he goes back to Gillette Stadium. And this would technically be when he would pass Drew Brees for the passing record. So they think this could have been some of the reason why they wanted it in week four. Another reason why the Patriots are obviously still going to be relevant in week four if they do have a very bad season, which I don't think is going to happen. Week four, teams are still trying to get their stuff together. So it's not likely that the Patriots are going to be bad earlier in the season. But I think also the weather could have played a factor into this too because you don't want Tom Brady coming back to New England in week 12, week 13, and a big Nor'easter is going to happen either. So, I mean, there could have been a lot of reasons why they scheduled this game week four. But you know it's going to be prime time for a reason. Mm. Yeah, I'm with you. And obviously, it's going to be one of the most expensive tickets. John Rook was on the show last week, and he said it's going to be one of the most expensive tickets of the season. And I think this is going to be one of the most expensive tickets of all time. Yeah, I mean, I think this, this could be the most expensive ticket that is not a playoff ticket for any, you know, any uh, team in the entire league. Yeah, in NFL history. It really could be. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady coming back, obviously – best quarterback of all time, Hall of Famer. It's going to be an unbelievable atmosphere, whether it's in week four, week 12, or week 17. But I mean, look, I'm looking forward to that game. The Patriots only have three primetime games this season. I believe Tampa Bay being one of them, Atlanta Falcons, they're playing on Thursday night football. And then the third primetime game, I believe, is against the Buffalo Bills, one of those two games. So only three primetime games for them. I believe the New York Jets only have one or two because, I mean, if the New York Jets, what else do you expect? But Thursday night game, of course. Again, two. Uh, that's a good question. I think it's like Denver or something. Oh, wait, no, we have two because we play in London this year. Oh, I can't wait for that one. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait. That'll be wonderful. Yeah, so definitely an exciting time of year when the NFL schedule comes out. The Patriots, I believe, have the 19th hardest schedule they set in the league, so not too bad. But we'll definitely talk more about the NFL schedule and all that stuff as the season gets closer. There were a couple of transactions that happened this week. You guys have any thoughts on Green Bay signing Blake Bortles? Does this mean, does this mean Aaron Rodgers is out as the quarterback? Or? No. Absolutely not. No, it's, I think it's insurance. I think definitely insurance. They, I mean, he's Aaron Rodgers, and they're planning on keeping Connor, you have any I thoughts think, on this? I think they got to make him happy. I think um, I don't think Aaron Rodgers we should be looking at. I think we should be looking at Julio Jones. There's a lot of rumors flying around about Julio Jones. And the Falcons have really done nothing to stop those rumors from flying around. He might get dealt before, um, before June. Wow. Pretty wild. Bring him to New England. There's, there's like a June 1st um, cap deadline for him for some reason. Uh, he only sold a certain amount of money. They trade him before that. They can save money. And the Falcons are like top 10 for lowest salary cap in the league as it stands today. That's crazy. But, um, yeah, regarding that, I mean, Julio Jones, obviously one of the best wide receivers in the game. And signing Blake Bortles, I, I mean, they paid him basically nothing, just an insurance policy, going to be the second quarterback, or I mean, third quarterback probably on the team right now. But I don't think I don't think Rodgers is going anywhere, and I think if he was going somewhere, it would have already happened. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Draft night, it would have happened. And then the other quarterback transaction, the New England Patriots brought back Brian Hoyer. Oh, my God, I can't believe it. I'm so excited for this. I think it's more of as a just a mentor to Mac Jones, to be honest with you. He he knows the playbook, that's for sure. And he has a house in the Foxborough area, according to my sources. Four QBs, that's awesome. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's a nothing move. 
and they barely paid him anything. Tell Hoyer, like, yeah, you're on roster as a quarterback, but really you're an assistant coach. Like, like he, he will never play. Yeah, it's more of I think it's more of that he's still in the area. Give him something to do. They barely paid him anything. And Matt Jones is a rookie quarterback. He's going to mentor him. And Cam Cam Newton is the Patriots' quarterback. There's no question about that. Yay! Whether you love it or hate it, Cam Newton is going to start Week One unless something drastically bad happens in the preseason or he gets injured. Newton's the quarterback. It's not going to be Stidham. It's not going to be Hoyer, and it's not going to be Mac Jones. But regarding Stidham, you think you think signing Hoyer has anything to do with Stidham? Maybe going to be on the move? No, maybe he stinks. kind of. What? Yeah. What do you What do you move for Jared Stidham right now? I mean, bring him to a shitty team like the Houston Texans. They have what ten quarterbacks as it is. Sixth round pick. Seventh. I mean, I don't know. I do it for a fourth round pick. Dude, they're not you giving a they just signed, They actually just signed someone today, I believe, the Houston Texans. Yeah, who? Jeff Driscoll, I think it was. That's a good pickup. He's what? way better than Stidham. And they have Tyrod Taylor, too. Also way better than Stidham. Yeah, they, I mean, they have what? I think they have five quarterbacks on the roster. They have Davis Mills, who they just drafted. And they also have um, Ryan Finley, who's still there. So it's, what a shitty situation. Ryan Finley. Stidham might be better than him. It's a shitty situation. Oh my god. Alright, seven minutes to go in the overtime. 2-2. What's the what's the Grizzlies outcome right now? The Spurs are down two with four fifty left. Oh Jesus Christ. Alright, so that's coming down to the wire. The hockey game coming down to the wire. Um we'll get into more baseball and stuff like that next week, because this show we got about seven or eight minutes to go. But Connor, I know me and you talked about this last week regarding baseball. There's been a ton of no hitters this season. And we were just saying, this could be the record for no-hitters. And last night, there was another one. Spencer Turnbull, a no-name guy that had a, above a 5 ERA two years ago with the Detroit Tigers, throws a no-hitter last night against a crappy Seattle Mariners team. Yeah, he had above 6 ERA this year, too. He's been terrible. He's been um, not a good pitcher at all. Um, and this is kind of what I was saying before. I was hoping to not that it wouldn't be a discredit against the hitting this year, but I think it has to be. Like these guys, uh, Wade Miley, not to not to discredit these guys. Um, John Means having a good season, but uh, as far as the other guys goes, I mean, Rodon is having a decent season as well. Yeah. Um, but it's those other three guys. Those guys are not very good pitchers at all. Those guys are like four ERA, five ERA consistently. Um, and you know. It, We'll, we'll see how the season turns out. It's early May. Maybe the hitters will turn it around. Yeah, I mean, the, the Seattle Mariners have a shitty lineup to begin with, and they've already been going up against, I believe it was their second no-hitter already this season thrown against them. So it's a bad lineup in Seattle. They were actually playing better than people thought, but the no-hitters are going to keep on happening. The pitching has been very good this season. Jake, you have any thoughts on – there's been a lot of no-hitters in baseball. I have zero thoughts on that. Just batters not getting the wood on the ball. A no-hitter is watching two grown men play catch for four. Oh, I think a no-hitter is a beautiful thing to watch. It's impressive that you can, you know, beat 27, uh, or, you know, like, if it's a perfect game, 27, uh, you know, uh, potential on-base players. But, I, you know, at the end of the day, you just watch two guys play catch for four hours. 
Yeah, and, uh, yeah, we definitely. had some crazy no hitters too. We had we had some guy losing in the ninth on an error. We had a guy losing on a drop third strike in the sixth, and the guy reached base and like those. That's two. That's each of those instances. That's one guy away from a perfect game. And I think a perfect game is the most. That is impressive. Yeah, that is being accomplished. In all sports, not all sports, but it's it's up there. Retiring twenty seven guys. Straight. That a perfect game is very impressive. Actually, I've seen a perfect game in person in AAA. I think it was two thousand and four Bronson Royal for the Pawtucket Red Sox through a perfect game, and that was a crazy, crazy thing to see. And something that obviously doesn't happen too much. But about four minutes to go in the show. Did you guys see what happened to Kevin Pillar for the New York Mets? Yeah, he got pelted in that face with a baseball. Holy shit! I mean, talking about a crazy sight. You don't, you don't want to get hit by a baseball, but it was a 94-mile-per-hour fastball, I believe. Kevin Pillar right on the face. I don't know if you guys seen the video or you saw it happen live. Or He looks like he looks bad. I did not. I saw him do the post-game app, um, afterwards and I, or, or asked him if he was good. And he said, yeah, I'm good. And his whole face was completely red. Bruised everywhere. Looked absolutely terrible. But he's an absolute beast for coming out to do the post-game. Immediately after taking a fastball in the face, he just ate it. Yeah, so shout out to Kevin Pillar. He's not going to be on the field. Doesn't look like anytime soon, but hopefully he is going to be okay. Also a former Red Sox player, by the way. He was with the Red Sox last year for a little while. And then finally, another thing that was pretty big news in baseball. Me and Connor talked about it last week that Albert Pujols got released from the LA Angels, but he goes from one LA team to the other LA team. The Los Angeles Dodgers just keep on adding to their roster, and they signed Albert Pujols. <laughs> That's incredible. They, they did not need him at all. Yeah, I mean, no way. It's, it's such a – I hate that the Angels cut him because they still have to pay him for this year. So they're just playing him. They're just paying him to play for the Dodgers. Why did they get rid of him? Because he's in the last year of his contract, and – He's been terrible. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, but they thought it didn't like, trade him. Exactly. I mean, it's hard to trade that contract. He was getting paid like forty million. This year. Yeah, forty. I think forty or forty-five million. And obviously, he's not what he used to be. The guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer. A lot. He's been in the All Star game a lot of times. One of the best players of this generation. And I mean, he doesn't have what he used to have. But if you're the LA Dodgers, it's it's a pretty low cost move to add to a talented roster. No, you're. Getting a guy who's getting paid by another team. Yes, I mean it's. I don't think he's going to start a lot of games because of all the talent on that roster right now. But imagine bringing Albert Pujols off the bench in the World Series as a pinch hitter. Yes, they're hurt too. Seager's Seager just fractured his uh, fractured a bone in his arm. So I mean, they're hurt. Yeah, and Mookie Betts hasn't been the same either this season. He's actually not even had a great season for Mookie Betts standards. So. You add to a talented roster and a team that's really not playing as well as a lot of people thought they would be. I mean, a lot of people had him in the World Series. I know, I think we all, all three of us had him in the World Series. So it's a low-cost move for a team. But um, before we sign off here, a lot to talk about definitely on the show. Jake, what's, what's the final update on the Grizzlies game? 250 remaining, Spurs down four. Oh, my God. Who has the ball? Uh, John Morant. And he just scored. Six-point game? Yep. So, Jake doesn't sound too happy with that John Morant basket, but I'm pretty nervous right now because the Boston Bruins and Washington Capitals currently tied at two goals apiece 
324 to go in overtime. So I don't want to jinx it, but this game could be going to double overtime. And I'm not going to shut down my work until this freaking game ends because I'm nervous. I'm on the edge of my seat right now. Connor looks like he's on the edge of his seat. What are you in a car, Connor? I am. I got the game on too. It's insane. Yeah, there's too much going on for my brain to handle right now. I'm trying to figure out these bets for the Golden State game, which tips off at probably 